Welcome to Lean Leadership for Ops Managers, the podcast for leaders in ops management who want to spark improvement, foster engagement, and boost problem solving, and still get their day job done. Here's your host, leadership trainer, lean enthusiast, and spy thriller junkie, Jamie V. Parker. Hey, ops managers. We are back today with more dialogue with Dorsey Sherman of Modell Consulting. Last week, Dorsey and I talked about how employee engagement is really on the front end of the process that yields results. Dorsey shared the biggest drivers of employee engagement and steps you can take around feedback and recognition. Today, Dorsey and I are talking about one-on-ones. Now, here's the thing. I had no idea going into this conversation that we would end up discussing one-on-ones. I'm really glad we did though, because other than reinforcing feedback, which we've talked about before in previous episodes, I think that one-on-ones are probably the most underutilized activity among managers. Now, I'm going to share more about that. But first, you're going to want to hear Dorsey's take on the human relationship and coaching side of one-on-ones. Here we go. So let me come back. You were talking about, um, you know, this space of being able to actually really connect and listen and, you know, kind of what's on your mind and some of those types of things. Yeah. You talked about how rare that is. And I I agree, you know, not just from my own experience, as well as what I see, um, particularly where I think this is where one-on-ones, consistent one-on-ones can be really helpful. And so first you're like, hey we're not having as enough of them is probably the case in most situations, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, we, how, many, how often do you talk to your people? Oh, once a year at annual reviews or, you know, so we get that. Or the other thing that I get all the time, especially from ops managers to say, oh, I talk to my people all the time. You know, I walk by them and I say, how you doing? Which is a very different experience than when it's structured, it's scheduled, you know, like, hey, at this day, at this time, I get 30 minutes or whatever the amount of time is that has been allocated with my leader. And so I think the first part is, of course, having them and, and sticking with them and following through on your commitment. And then the second part is, so what are you doing in those conversations? Because too often, I think we come at it as, as a project meeting or a check-in on like, have you done this? Have you done this? It's more of that compliance meeting instead of an opportunity to build that relationship. And so you can have some of that that's business related, but how much of that one-on-one conversation is really for the relationship building, for them to talk, for you to listen, all of that stuff, right? Oh, I totally agree. I mean, and and to have that it's not just these transactions, you know, mm. to take away the transactional nature of that conversation where it's all about me finding out what you're doing so that I can report to my boss or whatever. It's truly about, um, yeah, listening and getting to know someone and you know, you find out all kinds of things about their family and what they're dealing with and the challenges people are facing or what's really good or happy. I mean, um, I just think there's a huge opportunity to do more of that. And kind of, it's kind of funny to say, how do you do it? Because it's just like, almost like what we learned in kindergarten, you know, it's like this of these <laughs> basic things of listening and asking questions and caring about people, um, which it seems hard to do at work in some ways. 
Yeah, it does sometimes feel like it's like, I think there's maybe a little bit of a fear of like, I don't, but I don't want to play therapist, you know, like I'm scared to ask these questions. Cause like, I don't, I'm not a therapist. Like if somebody, if somebody came to you and said, well, this is what I, this is my fear of it. How do you think you, how do you think you might, so I'm totally putting you on the spot here. What are your thoughts on this? No, that's okay. <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, I think, yeah, I think setting some clear intention, like, um, I mean, I mean, these saying, you know, I mean, to be honest, I've had those situations as a coach where um, something gets beyond a space where I'm comfortable. And it's really saying, you know, um, I'm not a therapist. Um, I want to support you, you know, how can I help you to kind of get support with this issue moving, you know, moving forward. Um, so kind of setting some intention and boundaries, it's like, or even clarifying, like, do you just need to vent or like, what do you, what are you expecting of me? You know, like, um, you know, is this a coaching conversation? Is this a venting conversation? Is this, a um, you know, whatever, I guess, whatever it is. So yeah, I guess that can have, that can happen. Um, for sure. And it's not like, I don't know. It's not like you have to be perfect either. You know what I mean? It's like, maybe you screw it up, you know, like that's okay too. Isn't it better to ask someone how they are? Um, to me outweighs the possible risk of oversharing or, you know, yeah. over, you know, over vulnerability or whatever the word is. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So like first, okay. So what's the, like, what's the risk and is that risk worth yeah. it? And then also like it does, you know, listening to you, it's like, okay, how much of that fear is based off of some inner expectation, like expectation you're putting on yourself as the manager yeah. to solve it. Right. Cause you can't, you listen, like, can't you just listen without solve jumping in and trying to solve it? Oh my gosh. That is so, that is such a great point, Jamie. And I think you're right. We're afraid someone's going to, I'm not going to know what to do. They're going to tell me all this stuff and I'm not going to know what to do. It's like, here's the thing. You don't have to do anything. You know what I mean? And here's the other thing. People already have tons of ideas of what to do. I mean, that's actually the whole basis of what coaching is, is like pulling out the possibilities of what somebody already has in their head. One really interesting question is what ideas have you already considered? You know, what mm -hmm. have you already thought of? Like you're in your head, like totally focused on, oh my gosh, what am I going to say? I don't know how to help them solve this problem, but it's like, oh yeah, wait, I don't have to solve it. Okay. What ideas do you have? Oh, they have like 10 ideas on what they're going to do. I mean, that happened to me a couple of weeks ago. Um, that exact scenario, we kind of make it all about us. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm scared. What if they ask, what if they say something and I don't know the answer? Like, uh, it's okay. You right. don't need an answer. It's, exactly. No, you don't. You don't need to solve it, nor are they necessarily expecting, and individuals aren't necessarily expecting you to solve it. I mean, you know, it's not always that someone says, well, what should I do? I mean, that's different, I guess, um, versus just the space to get it all out. And, and those, you know, to the other kind of key questions that I think are interesting, other than how are you and what's on your mind or like, what are you trying to achieve or what do you, a variation of what do you want and where are you now? I mean, those are like, so anchoring, um, can really kind of, um, 
lead any conversation with those few questions yeah. um, and really make people think because usually people don't know, you know, they're like, yeah. well, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure, you know, which is fine. But yeah, it's definitely, I guess, your point of a, there's just some discomfort, mm-hmm. I think, or some uh, expectation of it being uncomfortable. Um, and so that's maybe an obstacle yeah. to, to get over. Mm-hmm. And, and it, you know, it probably will be uncomfortable. Let's be real, right? It's going to be awkward silences, yeah. especially because, especially if you right. haven't been doing this, like this is such a departure yeah. from how you've been leading or managing then I'm yeah. sure it's going to be weird. And they might even question your intentions here, right? They may be like, um, okay, what's going on? <laughs> um, yeah. but that's a, like, you got to get through those first parts. I think sometimes people give up on it too easily because the first one or two are awkward or uncomfortable. And they're like, oh, see, one-on-ones don't work. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's like people saying lean doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, see, we tried that and that fails and lean doesn't work or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, kind of working. Well, and then it really comes down to your motivation because that's really, it's like, why do you want coming back to what is your ideal as a leader? Who, what kind of leader do you want to mm. be? I mean, and that really, that's what creates the spark to change. So if there's, if you want to be a leader, um, who resonates, you know, who kind of has this positive emotional tone and who is in synchrony with people, then um, you might be motivated. That's the motivation that you need to get through like the uncomfortable parts, you know, yeah. to get through the change. Um, but if it's something that you're doing because you feel like you have to do to get engagement and you're fine with how things are and you know what I mean, then that's mm-hmm. and that's probably not going to sustain you mm-hmm. um, because it is a period, a period of change. You know, we know that. And, and for people really to change over the long term is has to be connected to some motivation and practice and, and feedback too. That's where I really think um, the 360 degree, you know, feedback as like a starting point can be in really kind of interesting part of this process. Yeah. And being willing to like really listen to that feedback and not try to explain it away. Oh, totally. All right. So this has been like such a fun conversation uh, and we've kind of kind of wandered all over the place. Anything that's your, on your mind that you think, Hey, you know what? I want to add this into this conversation. Oh yeah. One last thing. So these were the Gallup, um, the Gallup, employee engagement survey results from June of 2020. Oh, uh, wait, hold on. Like everybody, like take a minute, take some breath, (laughs) prepare yourself. All right, let's hear it. Yeah. Like 70% of employees are either actively disengaged or not engaged um, at all. So 70%. Wow. Okay. Of, yeah, that's huge. Of that, managers account for 70% of the variation. Mm. So I guess I kind of leave that as like a bookend on our conversation to illustrate the evidence of the problem. You know, like there's huge opportunity for improvement around engagement and around managers role in that engagement. And I guess the last thing, Jamie, at our, um, 
you know, last week at our Women in Lean Learning Interchange, I think Tina Provost gave this data on recognition and that the vast majority of dollars spent around recognition is um, around tenure. In other words, rewarding people for, you know, five, 10, whatever, years 15 of service. years of service, which I found that fascinating and almost like further supporting what we're saying. Like we're kind of putting effort and dollars into supporting people for being here a long time, but like not all this other, you know, support mm-hmm. that we're talking about that actually really makes a difference in engagement. Yeah. So 70% are either disengaged or not engaged. And of that, managers account for 70% of the variance. Right. So (laughs) it is. So for the managers out there that are listening and they're thinking, okay, I really want to make an impact here. Any like parting words of encouragement or advice or recommendations? Oh my gosh. Like to me, this is so much easier than like getting, this is so much easier than going out and like fixing your process or deploying a strategy or managing your budget. This is like schedule 30 minutes with someone and ask them, how are you? Like to me, this is the fun, interesting part of your job and look at it as a cool experiment. And, and I guess not something that you quote have to do, But, I mean, if you look at it like that, you probably won't be successful. But how can you learn more about this? How can you Mm -hmm. kind of be curious? How can you experiment with it? Um, And kind of hold it lightly, I guess, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in in terms of moving forward and and making some changes. Like, this is very possible. We're very capable of having good relationships with people. And we know how to do that. Somehow, we don't, we separate that at work. But we don't, we shouldn't have to. Yeah. Love it. So we're going to hold that a little lightly and as we as we kind of experiment our way through there. Dorsey, thank you so much for this conversation. I've really, really enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed it. I, I feel like we could spend three hours just riffing here. I know. Amy, thank you. Yeah, of course. Let me ask you just as we close out, um, you know, like what type of work are you doing with individuals? Um, and then what are the best ways for people to connect with you? So my website is Model Consulting. It's M-O-D-E-L-E consulting.com. I'm on LinkedIn. You can message me on LinkedIn. Uh, um, the kind of work I'm really passionate about is coaching people individually. What we do together is really get clear on kind of an ideal vision. And that means what are you really clarity on your values and your purpose and your vision for yourself, and then talk about where you are now. Um, and then figure out a learning agenda and do some practice and experimentation. So um, I really like helping people get closer to their ideal vision for their life. Um, and, and that, I would say that, does require or can be greatly helped by uh, a thought partner, you know, someone to support you in, in um, your thinking and and listening and, and that kind of thing. So. All right. Sounds awesome. We're going to put all of those links uh, so you can connect with Dorsey, find her website, um, get all the info you're looking for at our show notes. So remember you can check that out there. Dorsey, thank you for being on. Thanks, Jamie. 
I am so happy to have talked about one-on-ones. I mean, like, if you could see my face, I am just like glowing right now. You see, in my mind, one-on-ones are critical. I cannot imagine leading someone and not having regularly scheduled one-on-ones with them. Like, I just don't know how I could build that relationship and develop their capabilities. Now, when I say this, half of you, at least, are probably groaning. I know, I get it. One-on-ones might seem like a chore. And probably an even bigger driver of your groan is that your experience of one-on-ones may not have been that great. And so you may not think there is really value in one-on-ones because the ones that your boss or your last boss had with you, well, they or there wasn't really a lot of value in those. Well, listen, just because some people haven't done them effectively, that doesn't mean they aren't effective. So this is totally unplanned, but based on this conversation, I'm going to add an episode next week dedicated to how to hold effective and valuable one-on-ones. Stay tuned for that episode. For now, what's your next step? Well, it depends. (laughs) I'm going to give you one next step if you have one-on-ones and a different one if you don't. Ready? If you currently have consistent one-on-ones with members of your team, then I want you to reflect on the plus deltas. What do you think is going well and what you think could be better if? Now, if you don't have consistent one-on-ones with members of your team, then I want you to reflect on what's holding you back. What factors contribute to you not doing them? Make a list, for real. Make a real written down or typed out list. All right, this wraps up the two-part conversation with Dorsey Sherman about engagement. If you're interested in getting one-on-one coaching with Dorsey or want to follow her on LinkedIn, I'm going to put links to all of her information in our show notes. You can grab those at processplusresults.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 32. Now, do your one next step reflect on -on one-on-ones, and then tune in next week as we dig into the nitty-gritty of how to make one-on-ones valuable. Until next time.